Oh God, Advent is a time of hope, a time of expectation, a time of waiting, and a time of preparing. And you prepare us by giving us challenging words so that we may ask ourselves how we are doing following your lead and responding to the generous lives you have given us. And so startle us, O God, with your truth and your love and the depth of your forgiveness toward us so that we might live good lives in the days ahead. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. That matching gift I just mentioned to IHN, it was introduced at a breakfast earlier this week. A breakfast hosted by the Interfaith Hospitality Network and featuring as its speaker the Reverend Jim Wallace. Jim Wallace is a highly sought-after public speaker. He's the author of 12 books. He's the editor of Sojourner's Magazine, which reaches about 5 million regular readers. Wallace's wide appeal comes largely from his unique background and commitments. He is an evangelical Christian with deep roots in all of those communities. and He's deeply committed to the words of Jesus Christ. He is also deeply committed to social justice issues for people of every background and experience. He believes that Jesus meant what he said when he talked so often about the poor and the oppressed. Jim Wallace gets invited to speak in all kinds of contexts, to all kinds of gatherings of people of faith. And everywhere he goes, he has some things to say that make people feel quite at home. And he always says other things that make people quite uncomfortable. This morning we're going to talk about John the Baptist, who did something like that. He reassured people, and he challenged them. As we get, get into talking about John the Baptist, first I'd like to tell you a story about Jim Wallace, one that he told himself on Wednesday morning. Jim Wallace grew up a regular Midwestern kid and the son of a World War II veteran. After the war, his father went to school on the GI Bill and bought a home for his family with the help of an FHA loan. The family moved out to a new development in the suburbs, and they thrived. Most of their neighbors had done just the same thing. Jim remembers his parents being good people, concerned about others, concerned about fairness. In their home, statements suggesting that anyone else might be inferior according to economic status or race or anything else, those kinds of statements were never tolerated. As Jim grew up and became aware of the civil rights movement, he noticed more and more that everyone in his community was white. 
And he did the research and learned that the GI Bill and those FHA loans that had been such an incredible help to his family, they were never available to black servicemen and women who had participated in World War II. He began to understand the lasting consequences of those injustices, and he has seen them play out again and again throughout his career. His parents certainly did not intend it that way. They were good people, and they benefited from a system that was not fair. Through Jim's discovery of that policy and others like it, many of which still exist in housing, in health care, in education, God has called Jim forward into a life of speaking out and standing up for justice and fairness. He has done it for no greater reason than faith commitments that go back to his childhood. The words of Jesus from Matthew 25. People ask Jesus, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick, or in prison and, in, and visited you? And Jesus answers them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Jim Wallace has spent a lifetime working for a future when justice and fairness are fully realized for all people. He looks for that time John the Baptist described, when every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Importantly, Jim Wallace looks forward in the way that he does because he has looked back with honesty about where he comes from. Looking back to look forward. That is what John the Baptist is talking about in the passage that we read this morning. John is introduced with the words that he came proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John is out in the wilderness on the shores of the Jordan River. Something about his ministry must have really caught people's attention, for they were coming from a long way to find him way out in the wilderness. Here's what I think was drawing them in. John's message is one of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repentance is a strange word to many of us. It's about changing your life. It's about breaking with old habits in a way that you know you need to. It's about going in a new direction. Repentance is a strange word, but people think about this stuff all the time. Folks are always looking for a way to change some bad habit or make their lives better in some respect. John says the repentance he speaks of comes with the forgiveness of sins. Because John knows something important about people. 
we tend not to do very well making changes in our future unless we have first made peace with the sins of our past. Sin is a complicated word also, especially in our culture which is so concerned about self-esteem Sin seems to be the last thing anyone would want to talk about. But sin is simply things that separate us from God and from one another. Some of those things are intentional and others are quite haphazard. But all of our lives are full of them because we're human. Sin is merely a way of describing the many different ways in which human beings get lost. Christians often talk about sin, and we shortchange the idea of forgiveness and the importance of repentance, the change that moves one's life in a new, better direction. But God's forgiveness, grace, and mercy, those things have always been the real point. In the 16th century, theologian John Calvin wrote that repentance is founded in the mercy of God by which he restores the lost. God is in the business of restoring lost people. The point of sin is not to be paralyzed by guilt but to be amazed by the goodness of God and to be motivated by a future that is better than the past. So this story about John the Baptist is essentially a story of people who are feeling lost and hoping to find their way. They come seeking forgiveness so that they can be at at peace with the past that is behind them and can look forward to the life ahead with a sense of hope. It's a story about looking back in order to look forward. I wonder how many of you need to be reminded of forgiveness, of God's forgiveness for you. Perhaps there's something in your past, something intentional or maybe something not even your fault that is holding you back from who you long to be, who God created you to be. Perhaps it is something you did long ago, a secret you carry, a mistake you fear will come back to haunt you. Perhaps it is something that happened to you, not a sin of your own, but a sin of which you were part or a victim. You have not learned how to forgive it, or the memory of it causes you shame. Perhaps it is some situation in the world that troubles you endlessly and you do not know what to do about it. Perhaps you look around at situations of poverty or violence and feel helpless in the face of the magnitude of the problem and the depth of its origins. John the Baptist was speaking about 
all of these situations. The personal ones as well as the ones that affect all of us. You can tell that in the way the story is told. John is talking about this important relationship between repentance and the forgiveness of sins. He's talking to these regular people who have come to him one at a time in the wilderness. And the author takes the time to place John in a specific place and time, in a specific community. Hear these words again. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias rule of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, at that time the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. People often wonder, why all these lists of names and places that I don't know dropped into these Bible stories? The intention is almost always the same. It is meant to remind us, 2,000 years later, that these are stories about real people living in real places, just like us. There were particular problems that plagued their community and were a part of their history. Greed and violent intimidation, religious persecution and government corruption. In that time, just like in our time, people struggled with the sins of their own lives. And they struggled with the sins that were a shared part of their community. And they struggled with what to do about them. Advent is about both of these realities, the personal and the shared. Some of us are living with personal histories of sin that are paralyzing us, keeping us from living the lives God wants us to live. And all of us live as participants in patterns of sin that are shared by our community. Sometimes those patterns of sin hurt us. Many times, in communities like this one, we are comfortable people who benefit from patterns of sin. I wonder what patterns of sin are causing the number of homeless families to increase this season. What realities of our local community cause IHN to need more funding in order to keep parents and their children from sleeping on the street? Very importantly, the point of this exercise of looking back on our sins, the point is not guilt. No one's life ever got better because a person of privilege just felt guilty. The point is repentance. 
how your awareness of the reality of sin in your life and the transformation God is working in you through forgiveness, how it empowers you for a future that is something different. Advent is meant to make us ready for the coming of Jesus, ready for our lives to be transformed by his love and justice as individual people and all together. We can only do that, says John the Baptist, if we are first honest about who we have been so that we can be transformed by God's forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's knowing that God loves every single person who is a part of God's creation. And it is being convinced that God still loves you. This understanding is the only thing that leads us to prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight so that every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and so that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Look back in this season and know that forgiveness is there. For in this season, God has given us a vision for our future.